The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you are in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hello, this is Leanne Meyer, and this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I'm really excited about the show today. I want to start with a quote. And uh, the quote comes from Roger Bannister, who is the first person in recorded history to run the mile in under four minutes. And the quote is, however ordinary each of us may seem, we are all in some way special and can do things that are extraordinary perhaps until then, even thought impossible. And it just seems like a perfect quote for this situation. Our show today is um, a nurse, a daughter, a miracle, living with spina bifida. And so um, my guests today are sheroes to me, so female heroes. And they are a team who have faced a lot of challenges together over the past many years um, by each using wisdom, insights, optimism, and especially courage. The mom, Jill Wall, is also a nurse, and uh, she works in pediatric home services, which is how I met her uh, in connection with my RN refresher course. The daughter, Tana Wall, uh, is a photo model, actress in medical demonstration videos, and an inspirational speaker. Her audience is high school and college students, nurses, doctors, and anyone who would like to hear what it's like to deal with life, develop talents and abilities while living at home with parents and managing complex chronic health issues. So uh, I'm uh, t- uh, Jill, I'd like to ask you to speak first and if you could just tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into nursing and then how you have gotten to the position you're in now, just sort of bullet points. Thank you, Leanne. Uh, I got into nursing back uh, when I was in high school. I was convinced from seventh grade on that I was going to be a physician. And my junior year in high school, I became a nursing assistant in a skilled nursing care facility in our small town hospital. And that changed my whole outlook. That brought me to nursing. And so I went to college for nursing. And I knew that I wanted to be at the bedside caring for the patient um, in whatever realm that might be and first started out with labor and delivery for many years and uh, was labor and delivery, nursery, special care nursery, did some of that. Then I, um, kind of life circumstances change sometimes where you go in your nursing career. And my daughter, Tana, was born 21 years ago. And when she was born, that led me to home care nursing um, at her bedside for the last 21 years. Um, which also brought me to my current position at um, Pediatric Home Service also, um, working as an infusion, home care infusion nurse and educator there. And so that's kind of what started my nursing career. And I've done many things over my nursing career, uh, mainly related to child health. Okay. 
Um, it, it is always interesting. In fact, we've had previous shows talking about how those things in our life and then the choices we make dictate how our lives go from there. And um, it's it's the, what is it called? Um, life is what happens while you're making other plans. So, Tana, can you share with us what um, what you do, especially with the inspirational speaking that you do? So, what do I do in my normal life? I graduated from high school, hang out with friends and family, volunteer, go to concerts, love talking on the phone, go on weekend outings, and am currently in a three-year post-high school transition program. I love to travel. I have been to Mexico three times, Portland, Seattle, the top of Aspen Mountain in a ranger, and Canada twice. I am going back to Canada in August to see my sister and her family. I love adaptive skiing in the winter through Courage Center. I have skied for eight years on a bi-ski. I go running and biking with my mom using an adaptive jogger that also converts to a bike trailer. Courage Center Adaptive Ski Program gave me the Skier of the Year Award at Highland Hills this year. I was not supposed to live to be five, but with the excellent medical care, love and support from my family, friends, nurses, teachers, doctors, I am a living miracle. I do not let a day slip by without living every moment to the fullest. Hopefully, you will not either. Thank you. I hope I... So, what do I do in my... So, what do I do in my normal life? We are, um, Tana, as we said before, was born with spina bifida. And so she is um, using a machine to speak for her. What do you call the machine? A Dynavox. A Dynavox. So she can um, type in what she wants to say, and then the machine will speak for her. So the next thing I'd like to talk about is let's go to that birth. Tell me the story, uh, Jill, from your point of view what happened um, as you knew that you were having a daughter and and, uh, that she was going to have spina bifida. Did you know that before she was born? We did. Uh, um, An alpha fetal protein level at 16 to 17 weeks gestation came back elevated, which led to a level 2 ultrasound. Um, And we went into the level 2 ultrasound just, and I had seen many false positives before, so I wasn't worried about it at all. So we went into the level two ultrasound anticipating that everything would be fine. Within about five minutes into the ultrasound, the technician said, I'll be right back. And I looked at my husband and I knew at that point that there was something not right. And uh, they came back with my obstetrician and she informed us at that time during the level two ultrasound and she pointed out things. Uh, Tana had a lemon shaped head you could see the myelomeningeal seal in her spine, and they informed us that she would be born with spina bifida. Okay. So everything that you had done in your career up to this point had prepared you to be able to have Tana. Yes. Isn't had. that amazing? It is amazing. Again, yes. just, you know, so mystic to me how these things happen. And, um, and Tana, you did a good job of picking the right mom, I think, huh? okay so um can you tell us from your point of view what what happened as far as um what are your first memories you know obviously you didn't know anything when you were born and up to whatever age this is (laughs) do you want to say anything about that Tana? okay no are you shy Tana is shy to right now so 
Does your mom know kind of what you'd like to say? I think so. Um, Do you want to talk about from birth on for a little while? Yes, you have it in your Dynavox if you want to say anything. You don't want to do that right now? Okay. So Tana um, spent the first four months of her life in the NICU. Okay, we'll wait. That's okay. She spent the first four months of her life in the NICU um, and that... Um, and then coming home was was the most exciting point. Um, she's watched videos of her coming home. Um, we have three other daughters, so to be a complete family at home again yeah. was incredible instead of split between the NICU and home and sure. work and school between all of us. And how long did you say she was in NICU? Four months. Oh, four months. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then that led us to our journey home, and... She has been home since, um, except for she's had many critical hospitalizations where she's been very critically ill. Um, She's been through probably at least 25, 30 or more surgeries in her lifetime Um, and and ER visits and clinic visits and Mm -hmm. revolving door here at home with nurses in the home, therapists in the home, school, homebound school teachers when she's been homebound. Um, But... With all that said, I think the biggest thing Tana wants to say today is that she lives her normal life. Yeah. Um, she lives a life in the at home and in the community. And yes, there's hospitalizations back and forth, and mm-hmm. there's nurses in the home and other people in the home. But she lives her normal life here at mm-hmm. home and within the community with her friends and family and community. And yeah. So you know, everybody. I, I think that's why this quote really struck me is that you know we're all different and what's ordinary for us is not ordinary for maybe any other person Uh, I also have um, not not as complex as you do but definitely some long-term chronic problems and from birth and so I can have a little bit of an idea you know tiny bit of an idea of what you had to deal with Um, tell me maybe you can tell us for Tana um, about doing the speaking when she goes like to the high schools or wherever she's doing her speaking. Yeah, so Tana started to speak last year and she actually uses her Dynavox. She has a whole presentation on her Dynavox with a PowerPoint presentation. Wow. And she wanted to speak to let people know what it's like to live with a, um, a spina bifida and a nursing care in the home the challenges that that faces but really what she wanted to speak about is that she is an uh she's just an ordinary person like everybody else is and she adapts to whatever life brings her Mm -hmm. um and she wanted to speak and advocate also on behalf of um you know patients like her that need extended hour nursing care in the home um she wants to advocate about what you know what a we need more nurses out there in the mm-hmm. field. We're critically short here in the United States and the world, actually. But especially in home care, we're really seeing a really critical shortage. So her speaking is about living normal life, what it's like to live with nursing care in the home, um, what it's like um, to uh, um, what it's like to go back and forth between hospital and home, um, what it's like to live with critical illnesses, but then also, um, to advocate for nurses, um, for others going into nursing, and then also to advocate for that shortage that there is. And Tana, you actually care. have a sister that's going into nursing, right? So you've been advocating right here at home. Very good. 
Very good. So um, I'm interested in like uh, when you're going through school, through the grades, did you do your schooling at home or did you go to a school? You did both, right? Yeah, she's signing that she did both. Okay. So there, we would send her to school as much as possible because she loves school um, and loves being with her friends and at the school and her teachers. But there were times we had to homebound her, uh-huh. um, like even this last year in her post-high school transition program. We had to homebound her for about four to five weeks when influenza was at a peak. Oh, yes. Um, you know, we had to, and and with critical illnesses, when she would come home and she was in the recovery mode, um, then we would have to homebound her during those periods of time until she was well enough to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when a homebound teacher then would come out. And then one of the other things that was cool about school is they set up um, via, you know, the, um, the media where she could actually see her classmates in classroom. And, so cool. Um, so they did a, a, quite a bit of that yeah. as much as they could. So you were kind of in the classroom, but with the technology. So you could hear them talk. And then were you able to say things like get their attention that if you wanted to say something in the class, then you could do that. That's really good. It's really good. Um, so I know you did a post-high school, um, some training, and that was three years, was it? Yeah. Yes, she's signing yes. And what what kind of things was in that? So the post-high school transition program was really about um, more independent living and then also vocational skills and vocational training to prepare her for jobs. Oh. Um, and so that's what that program was about. And now she just actually graduated from that in the beginning of June. Well, congratulations. You're a new graduate. She is. <laughs> And Tana, now you're looking forward to doing some, um, she's looking at some classes at um, uh, community college, mm-hmm. so taking some classes at community colleges. And then she is looking at employment opportunities. And then also she's looking at, um, do you want to use your Dynabox? No. And then she's also looking at speaking engagements. Okay. Still. So that's what you want to do. What kind of classes are you going to take at the community colleges? Uh, she's, do you want to, do you want to tell her on your Dynamax? No, she's being really shy today. Tana's not normally this shy. Um, well, she, she's, um, there's a sign language class that she wants to get more, um, advanced in sign language and then, um, some photography classes. She loves photography. So she's looking at that. Yes. No, it's okay. That's okay. Um, and then we're looking at all the other opportunities out there of, of what kind of um, work that she wants to do. So um, I'll come back to you then. Um, you're also working. So yes. are there times then that Tana has to be alone here? Or does she always have somebody with her? She always has to have a 24-7 caregiver. Okay. So um, I do a lot of hours for Tana um, when we don't have nurses. And when I work, we have nurses. Um, sometimes... There's lack of nursing, um, and there are occasionally times when I don't have night nursing, and I'm up with her during the night, and then I go to work the next day. But um, we try not to have that happen. But Tana is not able to be left completely alone. Mm -hmm. So she does require 24-7 caregiving. Yeah, so we'll come back to that. I guess uh, say a little bit more about the work you're doing um, with the pediatric home services. 
I was really impressed when I brought my nurses over. Uh, Jill is an instructor, and she was teaching uh, some of these aspects of dealing with central lines and those kinds of things. And marvelous teacher, made it a lot of fun. So tell us about some of that. You Are you doing home care also in addition to this, or is the teaching what you're doing? No, I also see patients there okay. also. So I, um, I'm their primary um, clinical educator in infusion. I have my certification in infusion nursing. Um, so I teach not only our own nurses, but I also teach um, other agencies, other nurses that come to our classes. I go out through greater Minnesota and western Wisconsin and bring classes to agencies throughout um uh, that need infusion education mm-hmm. so that they can care for the pediatric patient. Um, our focus is more pediatric, although it's geared to anybody, um, if, whether it's pediatric or adult, but there are a lot of um, pediatric patients that have infusion needs throughout greater Minnesota, western Wisconsin, and a lot of the more rural agencies, some of those nurses aren't as comfortable, especially with a pediatric patient with sure. a central line. Mm-hmm. So that's part of what I do is I educate. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. We're going to take a a break here, and um, we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Uh, You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm here today with Jill and Tana Wall, and we are talking about a nurse, a daughter, a miracle, living with spina bifida. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and Seventh Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High definition, premier quality programs available 24 7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I am happy to be here today. Our, our talk today, our episode is called A Nurse, A Daughter, A Miracle, uh, Living with Spina Bifida. So I'm here today with um, Jill and Tana Wall, and they're talking about the experience. Jill, or excuse me, Tana is now 21 years old, and she has done a phenomenal amount of things in her short life. And um, so we're talking about some of that. One of the things Tana wanted to tell you about, and she's using uh, Dynavox, Dynavox. Dynavox to speak for her. Um, she's able to type it in, and then the machine speaks for her. So she would like to tell you what it's like uh, every, you know, at home, what it's like to be at home um, in her experience. So if you would like to share that, Tana, that would be great. Finally, I made it home to my family. Home is where I enjoyed the everyday things we all take for granted, like bath time, sister time, pool time. Home began my journey with extended hour nursing. I need 24-7 care for all my medical needs. They assist me with my medical cares and continuously assess me for infection, complications of stena bifida such as shunt malfunction or autonomic storms. My mom, who is also a nurse takes care of me when my nurses aren't available. Life at home comes with back and forth visits to clinics, ER and hospitalization, some of which have been for critical illness. I have been at death's storm multiple times in my life, including a cardiac arrest at home, but God still knows the plans he has for me, like speaking to all of you today. Those involved in my life are my family, friends, teachers, nurses, doctors, Theopists and many more. Understanding, love, compassion, laughter and empathy are just a few of what makes a difference to my life. Remember, we don't walk in each other's shoes, so just being there makes a positive impact in our lives. I have lived my normal life, just as all of you have lived yours. It may look a bit different, but it is a great life. When people see me in my wheelchair, they sometimes see only my chair which has everything but the kitchen sink, which my mom wishes was on it. What I want you to see is me, not my chair. That's great. I remember, um, I think it was, uh, and I don't remember exactly when it was, but I had done some training on um, dealing with people in wheelchairs. And uh, one of the things it talked about was a study where they had um, uh, residents from medical school that had one of the things they had to do is they had to uh, admit themselves to the emergency room um, as though they are really, you know, coming in and, and with whatever they're, uh, they'd been given a diagnosis and they had to say, this is my diagnosis and then carry through as though they were, you know, acting through it. Uh, and one of the things that all of them talked about was that once they sat in the chair 
Everyone would speak to the person pushing the chair or the person walking with them, but they wouldn't look at or speak to the person in the chair. And I thought, wow, that you know hadn't even occurred to me. And so I started paying attention, and I was realizing that that was really true. So I make every effort anywhere I am to make sure I'm speaking to the person or you know saying hello to the person who's in the chair as well as whoever is walking with them. So a good thing for nurses to learn for sure. Um, Jill, let's talk a little bit more about what does it take to be a nurse in a pediatric home care setting? So are you talking about nurses that are ICU nurses? Um, I know they have to cover an awful lot of things. So as you're looking for what's the characteristics of people who do well in that position? It does not have to be an ICU nurse. Uh, some of our very best nurses for Tana have been new, brand new graduates. Really? But what it takes um, to be an exceptional home care nurse um, for a patient in home care like Tana is really it takes training. It's appropriate training that um, all the nurses, for instance, for us, they've all been through specialized training on uh, the ventilator. Uh, tracheostomies, central lines, enteral feedings, all the things that go with spina bifida, um, and very specialized training that, and thorough training and orientation and preceptorship. And so that's orientation really to the patient? Orientation to the patient. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the classes that they take, for instance, for Tana, they can use in other patients' home that are on ventilators or that have tracheostomies and um, the emergency interventions are critical. So things like an emergency trach change, uh-huh. emergency trach change due to a plug trach, mm-hmm. um, an emergency trach change due to decannulation, being able to access Tana's port when she's crumping and she's getting hypotensive. By port, of, what do you mean? Uh, her port cath which is a central, central line. line. Yes, okay. it's a central line. So Tana has a port cath because she's got very poor peripheral uh, venous access. Um, so that's uh, immediate access through her port cath to be able to access to give fluids, draw labs, those type of things. So, um, you know, home care is meant for those nurses that have a passion, um, for those patients that are living at home, out in the community, um, that with appropriate training, emergency intervention training, and guidance through the agencies that they work for. Anybody from a new grad to an ICU nurse can be a home care nurse, and we need a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that. So um, how do how people learn about this? I mean, when I was graduating from nursing school, I had, well, I, maybe there wasn't home care nursing at that time. That was a long time ago, almost 40 years ago. So um, when did home care nursing, the way it is now, start to come in? I know that you're taking care of patients that are way more um, complex than what patients when we first started doing home care was more post-surgical and you know just kind of um, ADLs and things like that to kind of help people get along but this is really much more than that. It is much more sometimes you're running basically a mini PICU in your home um, based upon how ill she is and, and the therapies that she's getting uh, but really it, it home care nursing has evolved um, especially over the last 28 to 30 years, I would say, 
Um, the first ventilator patient came home approximately 28, 29 years ago for a pediatric ventilator patient. Um, and with that came the extended hour nursing um, to take care of these very complex patients. You know, now I look at um, back then to now, and now we've got um, not only ventilator patients, but we have patients that are on milrinone drips, which is an inotropic drug for um, uh, pre and post heart transplant patients who those patients never left the hospitals to go home until their heart transplants were completed. And now, you know, I've, I've taken care of quite a few patients that are on melanone drips that are, you know, it's a continuous life-sustaining therapy while they're waiting for their heart transplant. Oh, really? Wow. So it's very, it's, home care has evolved and it, uh, the, the skill set that the nurses need in the home is is um, a very high skill set, but with the appropriate training, mm-hmm. they can be trained to take care of those patients. So we really we need to support those nurses by providing that education for them. Um, we need to support them by making sure that they are um, that their competencies are signed off and that they're skilled in those mm-hmm. competencies. Mm-hmm can think quickly on their feet and yep. know what the resources are. And respond to emergency situations mm-hmm. with the appropriate emergency interventions. Right. So that, it takes a special kind of person. Not everybody can do that, I don't think. Yeah, some people, you know, you have to be, when you're in the home care setting, you don't have a code button. You mm-hmm. don't have a button that you can press and have a whole team come running. What you have is 911 call, mm-hmm. and then you get EMS help. But oftentimes EMS, when they come into a home like uh, our home with Tana, who's trained to invent it, and, um, you know, sometimes they're kind of like, okay, well, how do we help you, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so actually I've been involved with even EMS education where we've gone out and um, oh. taught EMS about these trach-vented patients with central lines mm-hmm. and gotten them a lot more comfortable. Wow, that would be a really great service. Um, I was thinking, did you say that the first vent patients were about 28 years ago? Yeah, 28. So you were pretty in that newest, Tana, you were right in that new group of people who were learning, you know, how to do that at home. So how was that for you to come home with a four-month-old baby? And uh, I cried all the way home. Did you? They were tears. Did you cry all the way home too, Otana? No, she was smiling <laughs> she was and happy, happy all the way home. She yeah. was just thrilled. My tears were tears of joy. Yeah. I'm going to get to be a family, but um, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had taken care of, uh, you know, infants in the special care nursery, but I had never taken care of a trached infant. Oh, okay. Um, and so I've got my little four-month-old peanut here that has a trach and a G-tube and mm-hmm. all the complexities that go with that, along with spina bifida, and a whole medication regime and cathing regime and bowel regime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was terrified. I had done a trach change on her in the hospital, but I'm like, what happens if she plugs at home? Mm-hmm. You know, am mm-hmm. I going to be able? Am I going to be competent enough to do it? Mm-hmm. And again, education is key. Mm-hmm. Um, our nursing agency and that provided the extended hour and um, our respiratory therapists and the the nursing team at the in the NICU at the hospital before we left. Everybody provided education, continued to provide education to make sure that I was competent to take care of her. Mm-hmm. 
And that had to be reassuring. What were your resources? Who were the backups? I mean, I just think about taking a new baby home mm-hmm. is a 24-7 opportun- you know, job. Mm-hmm. And many times mothers are so sleep deprived mm-hmm. uh, in addition to, you know, just what, you know, a baby that has um, is not on a vent or not on critical care kind of uh, um, uh, aspects. Mm-hmm. So... I'm hoping you had some resources. We, we had extended our nursing. We okay. actually came home with 24/7 nursing the first month or two. Okay. And then they, you know, trained us in the home also. How do we do this in the home? Hospital, the hospital setting versus home setting are two very different settings. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have suction plugged into your wall at home. Sure. You have a suction machine. You don't have oxygen plugged into your wall unit at home. You mm-hmm. have a tank. And so you learn all those things. So I extended our nursing and then also um, our respiratory therapists. Um, they made sure that we were trained in everything and provided that support. And mm-hmm. so um, th- we were introduced to family hours very gradually. We'd have four once they felt that we were capable of doing some family hours, we started with a four-hour block and increased that to an eight-hour block and 12-hour block. And now there's times I I go without nursing for 48 to 48 hours or three mm-hmm. days sometimes. You yeah. know? And then if we travel like we just traveled to Canada to see her oldest sister and her family, and um, I was unable to take any nursing with me. So, you know, we did 11 days of 24-7 nursing care. Mm-hmm. Did your um, next oldest daughter come too? No, I, she did not. I was going to say, you've, you've got a ready-made nurse with you, so yeah, that's got to yeah. be a help too. And yeah. and also for her, she's been already taught ICU yes. aspects and knowing all of that. So how, how does your sister do as a nurse? She's good, huh? Good. So you've got her trained just the way you like it, right? Yeah, we're yeah. working on that, aren't we, Tana? Right. And, you know, honestly, her other sisters, you know, so she's got three sisters, and uh, they don't do all of her cares, but they, they've learned a lot of her cares along the way. So that's been support. If I don't have nursing, sometimes sure. she'll come over and give me a couple-hour window where I can just lay down and sleep for a couple hours. Yeah, I was going to say, even if you're ill, or what about when the other children were ill with different diseases, childhood diseases, how did that work? Well, when I'm ill or they were really ill, um, we would try to make sure we had nursing care. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. I mean, I've had I've had the flu before and not been able to get nursing mm. um, for whatever reason mm. for a, a period of time. And you just, you kind of fly by the seat of your pants and yeah. you just do what you have to do. Yeah. So is your dad able to do some nursing uh, things for you? No, he, he was when he was alive. He's actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope, that's Didn't okay. Know that he he, um, he passed away 13 years ago. Oh, okay. So, but before that, yes, he was yeah. able to do that too. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break here um, and uh, just kind of take a deep breath here again. Um, so this is once a nurse, always a nurse, exploring the world of nursing, and I'm here today with Jill and Tana Wall, and we're talking about a nurse a daughter, a miracle, and living with spina bifida. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And if you're just rejoining us, I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm here with Jill and Tana Wall. Um, we're the, our topic today is um, a nurse, a daughter, a miracle, living with spina bifida. So um, we had kind of some excitement here uh, this morning. Also, um, we had arranged that I would come out to Jill and Tana's home so that it would be more comfortable for Tana. And last night she had a um, uh, kind of a crisis situation. And so um, I'm at the home and waiting for them to come from the hospital. And it was very touch and go. I think we were within five minutes of being on the air so um, th- these two are just really troopers. I am amazed that you can calm down and get into doing this talking right away. But Jill, perhaps you could use this as an example of what kind of a crisis situation could be like. Sure. Um, so I think that Tana and I know she's laughing over here. Tana's nonverbal, just so all of you know. She has um, paralyzed vocal cords, so she's been signing and I've been interpreting for her and um, she's been using her Dynavox also, but um, so she's laughing as, as Leanne just said that. Um, so we we never know what our day is going to entail. And yesterday was a prime example of that. We had 
literally um, had a great day. And yesterday afternoon, we dropped two of our sisters off at a concert. And then uh, we're picking up um, supper to bring to we're bring, uh, picking up supper to bring um, to my father-in-law for Father's Day. And we had stopped and picked that up. And it was a 20-minute drive over to my father-in-law's. And by the time we got to my father-in-law's, I knew that um, something had um, something was up. Tana said, I don't feel good. And she was extremely flushed. Um, she, within a 20-minute period, had spiked 102 temp. Um, yesterday morning, we had just switched her to IV antibiotics from um, enteral antibiotics um, for due to a urinary tract infection um, for a bug that was not susceptible to what we were treating her on. And given that first dose of IV antibiotics at 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon and at 5 o'clock upon arrival there, I knew that something was um, not right and uh, checked her temp and vitals and she's like, Mom, I really feel crappy. I need to go to the hospital. Um, and so we went right from there. We just dropped the food, and I said, sorry, but we got to go. And we left, and we went to the hospital. By the time we got to the hospital, her blood pressures were quite soft. And Wait, what does that mean? Um, uh, hypotensive, okay. so low blo- real low blood pressures. And um, and so they had to give her a fluid bolus. And Tana's also cortisol insufficient, um, and so she needs stress dosing of, of cortisol when she gets ill. Otherwise, her body doesn't function. And so they gave her IV cortisol, and then we actually got admitted. We were a little bit worried about sepsis, um, but it turned out not to be sepsis. They kind of think maybe that first dose of antibiotics that I gave her yesterday afternoon may have killed enough bacteria in her system, that initial, um, that kind of did that whole cytokine release and caused her to kind of crump on us yesterday afternoon. And um, we didn't know how long we'd be hospitalized, but uh, she had a very stable overnight after that, and they felt that she could discharge today. And so we made it <laughs> home by the skin of our teeth to yeah. meet with Leanne here. So I that's was... just kind of a, that's a very typical day. I mean, you know, we've had a week after her high school graduation, we were at home on a Saturday morning. She kind of gotten a little ill, and um, I had access to report because we were drawing labs on her. And within three minutes of doing a second uh, normal saline flush, she cardiac arrested on me. She's had full-blown anaphylaxis at home from uh, IV antibiotics. So those are just, we just quite never know. Mm-hmm. We've been airlifted a couple times from... Um, other places when we've been um, out to other places, one in Grand Marais, one in Alexandria, when all of a sudden things deteriorate very rapidly. So we we never quite know, but we just kind of go with it, and it is what it is. When you're choosing to go on vacation, do you have that in mind of how close are we to a a large major medical We do, but we we have opted to... Tana doesn't want to stay behind when the rest of us travel, yes. and we don't want her to. We we live normal life as a family, so mm-hmm. we've gone to Mexico, and um, we've gone down there three times. Once she was on IV antibiotics when we left. She had a part of her spinal rod removed, and we left two days later on IV antibiotics, and um, she got ill down there for one trip. We almost ended up having to go to the hospital, but we had stuff with that we intervened. But we're always, wherever we're traveling, we're we're talking to the medical teams and finding okay. out where the hospital, what's the appropriate hospital, sure. what services do they have, and then we also bring um, backup mm-hmm. uh, medications and things with us. Sure. 
So you have to know yourself also, Tana, right? You, you uh, over the course of this time, you know when things are going a little bit off and you can catch it pretty quickly. Some of us say, oh, no, I don't think it's really the flu. I think I'll just wait a couple of days and see how it goes. But you can't do that, right? So um, that's you're almost like a nurse yourself, right? At least for your own care, you know. So sometimes when people come in, are you able to tell them, this is what I need you to do? And so that's really, that helps a lot too, I'm sure. Yeah, you do tell them very well, don't you, Tana? Like this last week, she was starting to show, show signs of a shunt malfunction. And um, the, the day two. And the shunt is what kind of a shunt? And she has a programmable strata shunt. So it's programmed with a magnet. And that, that magnet can... So magnetic forces can change the setting on that shunt, which can lead her into um, symptoms of a shunt malfunction. And um, day one, she was And that's fluid from the brain? Yes. And then drains into the shunt and then is drained um, into either the peritoneal cavity or like the peroral. And then absorbed by the body. And absorbed, Okay. Um, because with spina bifida, you get hydrocephalus, which is that excess fluid in the brain. But Mm -hmm. you were able, Tana, to to tell me that, Mom, I think this is a shunt malfunction. I feel like I'm having a shunt malfunction because she was having headaches and uh-huh. intermittent hypertension and really fatigued and tired, and she knew. She's You're really do. able to tell me pretty much what's going on with you. Like, she's very in tune to her body. So if it's mm-hmm. a bladder infection or a shunt malfunction or a respiratory infection, she pretty much tells either myself or the nurses that are caring for what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'd like to spend a little bit of time, as you've been saying, I'm so amazed at what the nurses are doing in the home. I was a little more aware of it, obviously, being a nurse, and I have um, been working with some of the home care companies in the Twin Cities uh, for my RN Refresher course, so um, probably a little more updated than a lot of nurses who just are involved in the clinic or in hospitals, and I think especially patients or just the general public. Nursing in general, I think people just don't really know what we do or, um, you know, there aren't things, you know, how would you learn about it? I don't see very many books written about uh, what nurses are doing. I don't see much in the way of television shows. There were a couple there for a while. Uh, ER and uh, Chicago Hope, and I guess there's a couple on now, but some of them are so far from the truth. They're all about the... um, the romances and the soap opera aspect, which I have to say, in all of my 30 plus years of nursing, I have not been aware of any of that kind of stuff going on. So those things that we really do are not known about. But still, people are more aware of the hospitals. And uh, because of the um, uh, unions, um, efforts from you know the hospitals uh, competing with each other for nurses, those wages have gone up considerably, and people who are starting out as a new grad RN are, are it's not unusual to be starting in the 48000 range. So how does that compare to home care? Well, home care really takes a hit. Um, a lot of it comes because of the reimbursement that they get from the insurance companies. That Again, it's I think it's really lack of knowledge out there um, from all perspectives, but home care has home care is 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 really evolved we have these acute acute patients that are 
have a lot going on in my world it's pediatrics and young adults and these very medically complex patients but we also have adults out there um, that are going home a day after surgery the same day of surgery that have wounds that have you know central lines for chemo the, the list goes on and on and I think that uh, really home care has evolved into such a specialized area and these home care nurses are just very well skilled and um, have a lot of responsibility and are doing the same things that hospital nurses are without a team. They're doing it individually. Yeah. So their um, social yes, they skills have, they have, have to be excellent also. They do. And, and yeah, and, and their assessment skills. And, mm-hmm. you know, you you get into all the other things that come with home care. So, you know, is the patient able to manage their medications independently? Um, are they taking their medications? Or, or am I coming in and am I finding a full bottle in the fridge so I know that they haven't been taking their meds? Or, um, And so really, it's very critically important that we make sure that um, everyone out there knows that home care is a very specialized um, mm-hmm. part of nursing with extremely skilled nurses that are managing these patients independently in the home with their nursing agencies and the support from their nursing agencies and their case managers and their directors of nursing. But um, they're very independent. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that What will team, it right? take, do you think, for that in general, for healthcare um, to, well, healthcare in general, but specifically, what will it take for uh, the wages, for the benefits to be able to rise for these I think people? it's education. I think a huge piece of that is education to all those involved, especially the pay resources, um, because these nurses, they should get paid for what they do, not where they do it. Uh-huh. And I think that's, that's critically important. And, you know, the reimbursement models for home care is way less than it is mm-hmm. for a hospital. Do you know when that's been looked at? You know, I know that um, they periodically uh, assess what the way, you know, the, the payments are, but isn't there a lot that the legislature has to say about how much home care will be um, allotted? And There is. There is there, too. And so I think one of the important aspects is to continue to lobby at the legislature level mm-hmm. um, and make sure that our legislatures know that, you know, we need better reimbursement models. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these nurses, um, these home care companies, they need to be reimbursed mm-hmm. for what they're doing um, just as much as anyone else does. I think about uh, when I started nursing, I was working in ICU in Denver, and I was making five twenty-five an hour. And uh, that was considered a lot of money for a woman at that time, despite the fact that the local um, grocery store checkout clerks were making six fifty an hour. Um, so yeah, that was a very great frustration for me. And I know that uh, a lot of the work that the unions have done, um, that nurses in general in raising their education levels and going into these advanced practice kinds of things have done a lot to help way, raise the wages of nurses. Is that any kind of an option for, for home care nurses to have some sort of a union support or um, you representation? Know, I, I, I it may it may be. Um, I know that there are a lot of associations, home care associations out there. Like in Minnesota, we have the Minnesota Home Care Association, which really advocates for our home care and all of the entities that go with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's important. Um, and I, I I think in general, 
advocating and educating are the two keys and then uh-huh. lobbying and and having conversations with the payer sources, mm-hmm. the insurance companies, the legislatures, the senators. Yeah. Have you been involved in any of that or know anybody that has done that? Yeah. Um, I've been involved in a, a little bit um, and I've gone to bat a few times. And then also, yeah, uh, like the company that I work for right now, they are actively um, talking to legislatures and um, and advocating and educating. Hmm. Tana, would that be, you want to do public speaking, would that be anything you'd be interested in doing, advocating for nurses? Yeah, would you like that? So maybe that's something to work toward as you get more experience in that and being able to go out and, you know, tell some of those people. I just think people don't know until they can see and hear from somebody who's really in that situation. They can't imagine what what it's like. Yeah. So, um, is there anything that either of you would like to say? We've got about three more minutes um, till our close, and just anything that either of you really want the nurses to know out there? Is there something you'd like, Tana? You want them to know about just what it's like to to live with nurses and take care of you? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I, Tana, is, do you want me to tell them what you, we talked about last night? What was that? <laughs> I think she just, we were talking about the show, and uh-huh. um, Tana just really wants to let the nurses out there know um, that she's so grateful for all the excellent nursing care that she's had over yeah. the years, uh, her 21 years, without the nurses uh, that have supported her and her family in the home care setting. Um, I don't think that her life would be what it is. and. Um, she really appreciates that she could live at home and be able to enjoy the community and friends and school and work and um, volunteering and all of those things um, because we do have nursing support, which is critically important. Um, and she's really, she said that she's really hoping that she can convince those that aren't nurses or nurses out there that might be listening or that she comes across in her life to really encourage them to think about going into home care extended nursing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm sure, you know, so oftentimes we think that we can control people around us and we really can't, but we do influence people just by by being the best person that we can be all the time or as much of the time as we're able to. We all have our times when we're probably not our best self, but um, as much as we can, that is what influences people. So um, we are really close to the end here, and I just really want to thank both of you for being willing to, to talk with me and share that with, uh, right now there's um, anywhere from 12 to 15 countries that there are nurses listening, and uh, so you have done a great service today. Thank you very much. And Thank you for having us on, Leanne. You are so welcome. Tana's saying thank you, yes. and, and we really appreciate the fact Um, that we could help advocate for home care nursing. Great, thank you. Um, So this is Leanne Meyer. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And um, we will be talking again next week. Mm 
Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.